We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. So please join me in welcoming Tammy and Mike McRae. Thank you, Miss Ann. It's a joy to be here today. We're so glad to be with you in the service this morning. We want to thank uh, Pastor Steve and Yvonne for allowing us to be here, knowing that they're in Israel. We were trying to get some days set to come and speak, and the only thing we could work out was during this time, so uh, we appreciate them trusting us to spend some time with you today and to share with you. We did have a lot of fun having Miss uh, Pastor Yvonne with us, and uh, as we were in an area called Ruai, uh, and having the free camp with all the kids. Uh, what she didn't put in there was it rained while we was there, and if you've ever been in the thick, black, uh, gumbo mud, we had plenty of that going on, and uh, it did not stop the kids, it didn't stop the adults, it didn't stop anybody from having a good time. I mean, you know when you're having a good time, you don't let anything stop you. And so uh, it was a great week and a great time together, and uh, we enjoyed having her and the other team with us so much. Uh, Tammy will, I'll let her demonstrate the teeth brush in the park for you in a little bit. But, uh, and I'll share more about the well and uh, its completion and what is taking place with that a little bit later on. Tammy and I, we are from LA. That's Lower Alabama. For those of you who thought that might have been Los Angeles, uh, you could tell by my voice it's not Los Angeles. Uh, but we were born and raised in Lower Alabama in Washington County. Uh, we've lived most of our lives in Baldwin County. We pastored for over 25 years in some capacity from youth to children uh, to adult pastoring, I guess you could call it. And uh, at a point in time in our life when we had left the church that we were there for nine years, God said it's time to make a shift. We moved to a town called Foley. There we began to work in the Foley Housing Authority. Our heart became children and, and reaching the kids, doing sidewalks, Sunday school, midnight basketball, uh, enjoying life experiences. During that time, leaving a full-time pastorate, um, I found had to find a job. And guess what came up on the radar during uh, uh, this transition? That was helping someone drill water wells. Now, here is this opportunity to make a living for the family because we've made a transition. And here we are in this experience of uh, doing things differently. And I'm going to work with a company called Dallas Drilling. It sounds big. We just ain't. And um, that was my boss's motto then. And uh, the owner of Dallas Drilling was a man that I went to school with. We graduated high school. He was two years older than me. But have known him, hadn't seen him in over 20 years. Ran into him a year before we made this transition. And then when we made a transition, suddenly uh, I called him up, said, hey, here's what we've done, need a job. He said, uh, that week, he said, I don't have much going on, but something comes up, I'll call you and let you know. I mean, you know, God's got a plan. He don't let you know the whole thing. He just gives you a bit and a piece, and he makes you kind of check your life and go through these things. And uh uh, he called me three days later and said, hey, Mike, said, I've got six projects that come up. Said, uh, probably about two weeks worth. We'll see what happens and we'll go from there. And I jokingly tell everybody that we turned six projects two weeks into over seven years. I mean, if you know, you can work slow as you have to to make it last as long as you need to. No, I'm joking. Uh, work just kept coming. 
Word kept coming. Word just kept coming. Uh, four years into helping him, four years into working and, and doing ministry in Foley, Alabama, at what a ministry called Generations Church. Tammy ran off to uh, Haiti uh, to do some missions work without me. And I say ran off without me. I told her I didn't want to go. I was going to stay and work and do some other things. Uh, seven of the most miserable days of my life. Not being there, not being with her. She came back. I said, you'll never go on another missions trip without me ever again. And right at that time, in all these conversations, God dropped into our heart, it's time to become missionaries. You say, time to become missionaries? Yes, we had been doing missions work since we'd been married over 32 years ago. Uh, we'd always thought it'd be somewhere in Central America. And I mean, you know, God's got a great sense of humor about when he does something. And uh, now we're in Kenya, East Africa. I mean, you know, it's a little bit further than Central America. 10,000 miles. Long plane rides. All these other funny things that go with it. But in the midst of all of this, we knew that God called us into the missions work. Tammy's been called since she was nine years old to be a missionary. I'm going to steal her joke line this morning because she's always said she's been waiting on me to hear God about being a missionary. She knew she was already going to be one. And uh, she had, um, and we felt God do this. We felt God call us and we didn't know where we were going. We just knew that God called us into it. We've been in a pastoral work. We've been in a pastoral line of, of ministry. And, and uh, we didn't feel like our missions work was going to be specifically in the pastoral line of doing things. That something was different. And you know, when, you, when, you, when God really starts stirring your heart, you'll get serious about your prayer life. Amen? You'll get serious about how you talk to him and, and the questions you ask. And, and my questions begin to say, okay, God, uh, what is it you want us to do? Where is it you want us to go? And, and, and just like God said, well, what at this time? It had been around four years. He said, what have you been doing over the last four years other than the work at Generations Church? And I said, well, drilling water wells, making a living. And he said, that's your answer. You're going to drill wells. He didn't give us the country. He didn't show us the place. We just knew that it was going to be related to drilling wells, helping people get water. You remember, God doesn't show the whole picture. Most time it's one step at a time, kind of an A, B, C, D type thing. He'll never show you Z. If he showed us Z before he showed us A, most of us wouldn't go because it scares us to death. It would scare us to death. And so we knew that it was going to be drilling wells we didn't know where and right in the middle of this and I'm telling you this just to show how God puts things together and I don't want you to just listen to Tammy and I about what we have to say about water for nations I want you to ask your own self what's God speaking to you how's he speaking to you and will you listen to what he's speaking to you because guess what you've got a water well that God wants you to be a part of and I'll explain that in a few minutes because during all this time, we're going, okay, God, where you want us to go? Where you want us to be? And just in a short time of asking this question, my boss at the time, Mark Carpenter of Dallas Drilling, he gets a call from a church in Augusta, Georgia. We're in Lower Alabama. This is Augusta, Georgia. It's an independent church called New Life Christian Center. And they call my boss and they say, listen, God has spoken to our hearts we are to buy a drilling rig, and we're going to send this rig to Kenya, East Africa. 
We don't know who's going to operate it. We're just supposed to buy a rig. Anybody starting to get the picture? Anybody starting to figure something out here? Here we are praying, God, where you want us to go. I'd even told God, God, I know how to operate a machine, but I don't have a machine. God, they are expensive. Like God don't know they're expensive, but you know, real talk is real talk. Amen. And uh, I don't, I, they're expensive, but God, you'll make the way. I don't know how I'm going to put that into your hands, God. And, and, and here's this church called and says, God's put on our heart to buy a rig, send to Kenya. That's all we know we're supposed to do. And we understand that you have a rig that would be something comparable to what we would like to purchase and carry to send to Kenya. And it's called, the rig is made by a company called Deep Rock in Opelika, Alabama. And Mark says, sure, we got one. So y'all come on down and look at it. So the pastor and three or four of his men, they come down, they look at the rig, we meet, we greet, they look. I don't tell them anything other than, hi, I'm Mike, I work for Dallas Drilling. I don't tell them I'm being called. I don't tell them God said, Tammy and I are going to the mission field and you're my answer. I didn't say any of those things. We just meeted, we greeted, they looked, they talked, they left. Two months later, they called my boss back. And they tell him, says, we bought a rig just like yours, it's just one size bigger, and we don't know what to do with it. Will y'all come look at it? We said, sure. We get up at 4.30 in the morning, we drive to Augusta, we look at the machine, and we tell them a few things, and we just begin to share a little bit, and I just begin to tell them who I am, a little bit about what's going on. Making a real long story short, we tell them, bring the rig down to Bowen County. Let us drill a couple wells in familiar territory so we can see how this thing is operating. They said, sure. We met them at Opelika, Alabama, because the engineer of that machine needed to show us a few things that were different from the one Dallas drilling on. Are you with me? I'm not trying to bore you. Just got somewhere to go with this. And we said, sure. So we meet that morning. The engineer showed us a few uh, different buttons and switches we're not familiar with. And I get in the car with the pastor. His name is Brian Matthews. We get in the car and we're heading uh, another three hours to, uh, to Bowen County from Opelika. We're sitting in the car. He's driving. I'm looking over at him. I said, let me tell you what's going on, what's speaking to Tammy Nye's heart. God has called her, or she and I, into the mission field. We didn't know where we were going, how we were going, how we would get there. We just knew God called us. And I just want to let you know something that uh, here's the three things that God's put on our heart about what he wants us to do. And I named off three things that we felt like water wells would do. Number one, it would help existing churches when they got a well to better evangelize their community because when you've got the one resource that very few of them have, you got the attention of everybody. Amen? Number two, it would help a church plant. If there was an area where a church was to be planted, then that church plant would also, if they could get a whale on it, I mean, even though you've got the attention to put a church there. And then number three is just to help schools, Christian ministries, to better facilitate their work, their ministry, and the things that are going on. He looked over at the car right across from me, tears running down his eyes, and he said, this is exactly what we want to do with this machine. Now, we're... 450 miles apart, never met each other till just a month or so ago. God put in our heart to drill wells. God put in their heart to buy a machine. Do you think that I need to go home and say, God, do you want us to go to Kenya? Let me think here a minute. Uh, maybe, let me see. No, he couldn't have wrote it any clearer on the wall. 
that we were to go to Kenya, East Africa. And that's how we ended up from Baldwin County, Foley, Alabama, into Kenya, East Africa through God's direction. I couldn't have written it out that way. I couldn't have planned it that way. Only God knows how to put the plan together. Amen? And so God has a plan. Yes, give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for it. And there's a passage of scripture that we felt that God put in us that facilitated and confirmed about what we do with Water for Nations and the ministry that we have. Because water is so, so important. When you read in the Old Testament, you'll find out that wars were fought just over water wells. Who was going to control it? Who was going to manage it? Who was going to get to water their sheep and their camels and their goats and different things? Uh, Abraham made a co- or God made a covenant with Abraham around a water well, telling him that he would be the father of a great nation and all the nations of the world would be blessed by him. Even Abraham's servant found a wife for his son Isaac at a water well. And if you're single today and you're looking for a spouse, come to Kenya, she may or he may just walk up that day. You never know. Just throwing it out there. How many's ready to sign up? You got any singles ready to sign up? And so uh, he did, he found the wife. But then when you get over into the New Testament, John chapter four, you got your Bibles turned with me there. Jesus has come on the scene of of life. Jesus has showed up and he's about the Father's work. And in John chapter four, he's about the ministry that God's called him into, that he as the Son of God is walking into. And he's walking through this place in John chapter four, starting with the third verse. The Bible says, and he left Judea, and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. I want you to catch that. He needed to go through Samaria. It wasn't a shortcut. It wasn't the quickest way. It wasn't the safest way. It was the needed way, meaning that there was an appointment. There was an appointment that he needed to be and something he needed to do in Samaria, and we're fixing to see what that is. And the Bible says, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. I want you to catch that part. That he got, came to a plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well, meaning the well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from the journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews, I don't have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked of him, he would have given you living water. I mean, no, he got her attention. The woman said to him, sir, you've nothing to draw with. The well's deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, drank from him himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. 
The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Then I want you to skip over to uh, verse 25. And the Bible says, The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. They've had some more conversation here. Who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now Jesus had to go through Samaria and needed to. Came to Sychar, came to Jacob's well, sat down by the well. It's the middle of the day. The least time of the day that people draw their water. Traditionally, they draw water early mornings or late evenings. He shows up in the middle of the day. When he sits down, guess who shows up? A woman. He talks to her, says, how about give me a drink of water? She looks at him and said, you talking to me? You talking to me? And uh, he goes, yeah, I'm talking to you. And she goes, I can't believe you're a Jew. Jews don't talk to us because she's a Samaritan woman. I Means she's a mixed blood. She's of a lower class and a good, upright, religious Jew wouldn't have anything to do with her. And Jesus said, if you knew who's talking to you, you could ask of him of living water and he'll give you water you'll never thirst again. And she gets real interested because she's thinking, man, if I could just have that water, I would never have to show up at this well again. I would never have to come out again. I just drank it and I'm good for the rest of my life. Why would she be thinking something like that? Well, the part I didn't read, if you'll go back and read it is, when Jesus got in this conversation, he tells her, says, go get your husband. She goes, I don't have a husband. He said, you're exactly right. You've had five and you're shacking up with number six right now. He said, you're living with number six. We'll just bring it up to modern day terms, shacking up now. And she's getting real big eyed now going, whoa, this man knows something. And they get into the conversation and suddenly she wants to talk about worshiping God. And Jesus says, listen, true worshipers don't worship on this mountain or any other place. True worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. And she's getting real excited because she's recognized this is not an ordinary man. And suddenly she goes, you know, I've heard about this Christ, this Messiah that's coming. And when he comes, he's going to make everything new. Things are going to change. And Jesus looks at her and he says, the one who's speaking to you is he. If you read the rest of the story, she immediately jumps up, runs into the city and says, come see a man who told me everything about me. And the city comes out. Jesus spends over two days there telling the people about who he is and what he can change in their life. The city is turned upside down by a woman at a well in the middle of the day. Now I can imagine why she showed up in the middle of the day because I'm sure the good religious women of that day, if she showed up at the time they showed out, she got the look. Has anybody ever got the look before? There she is again. You know her? I knew number five. He used to be mine. <laughs> Sorry, Joker. I'm just filling in a little bit, okay? How many of you know people are people no matter if they live back then or live now? Amen? And uh, so she knew if she come in the middle of the day, she wouldn't have to face the ridicule, the shame, the looking down upon this, all those things. But Jesus showed up at the moment he knew that she was the key to the city. He knew that well was the location to touch the right person who would help touch the city. And when you touch the right people, the right people will help you touch everybody else. They won't always smell good. They won't always look good. 
They won't always sound good. Their language may be a little raw when you meet them. But when Jesus gives hope to them, they can change everything else. And this evening when you go feed those homeless, the key to your city may walk up to there and you give them a plate this evening because that's your well. And we all have one. Because you see, Jesus did three things for this lady. She, he did something physically for her. He did something socially for her. And he did something spiritually for her. And so when Tammy and I, when we were in Kenya, East Africa, we've been there, this, the end of this month will be five years. And that five years, we've drilled over 15 wells. And if you can imagine that each well will reach a minimum of three to 500 people. And some will reach even more than that. You can do the multiplication of over 15 wells. How many people are getting fresh, clean drinking water? Because the average Kenyan and mostly women and girls gather and collect the water in Kenya. It's not the job of the man. The boys do it while they're young, but when they reach a certain age, it is the responsibility of the woman to collect the water. She will walk on an average of three to five miles one way to get this water, not on nice, flat, comfortable ground, but up and down hills into a dry riverbed. There she will collect. We've got a short video that will really show you the details here in just a few minutes with the show. But she has to collect that water, dipping it out of the ground, a sandy, dirty ground where the goats and the donkeys and the cows have all been doing their business and the water is not in any way close to getting filtrated enough to clean out certain bacteria that create diarrhea and vomiting that kills the average child under five years old in, in Kenya because of the, the bacteria that's in the water. She will collect that water. She will most likely carry that water on her head or either have a rope where she will strap it to her back. And a lot of these mamas have, will have a little child strapped to the front while she's carrying the water on her head or on her back. How many would enjoy that? None of us would. But this is life for over 19 million Kenyans in Kenya, East Africa. Then she's got to carry that 40 pounds back, that three to five miles to give it to her family to use to cook, to clean, and to do all the things they do. The average Kenyan will use five gallons of water a day. How many does the average American use? Over 150. From flushing our toilets to taking showers. How many enjoyed your clean shower yesterday or this morning? Or if there's a boy here at 10 years old, at least sometime this week. <laughs> Amen, parents. <laughs> We've raised two out of three kids have been boys, so we know. <laughs> we enjoy our fresh, clean water, but for the Kenyans, clean water is a luxury for most. And so what we do is we work with that school that church, that community, to put in a well. And we try to follow the model of Jesus because we know that if we can bring water, then physically it's going to change the people. She's going to carry that water at least half the distance that she normally carried it, and she's going to carry clean water now, and that means that she, when she gets home, she don't have to worry about her children getting sick. She doesn't have to worry about other things getting sick. She knows now that that water is going to be healthy and clean for her family. That teenage girl who's having to carry that water, uh, that when she leaves school around 3.10, 3.30 in the day, instead of running home, getting a snack, getting on social media, she's got to head to the water hole. 
And she may not get home to midnight because when she gets there, there may be 50 or 60 people ahead of her and she has to wait her turn, but she still has to collect water and get it home before she gets home. And some only get there midnight and after. And when she's got clean water and she's going at least half the distance, guess what she's got time to do now? She's got time to study. She's got time to uh, comprehend her, her, her schoolwork and now her school's gonna be better. Because now it's physically. Jesus started talking to the woman about drinking water. She got excited because she thought her physical need was going to be met. And I mean, you know, Jesus is the source of all life. And he got her attention with that. And we know that when we put a well in, it's going to physically change the people. They're going to be healthier. And, and all the things that go with it. The second thing that Jesus did for that woman was he helped change her life socially. For once she was the down talk, she was the, the one that was gossiped about, she was the one that was, uh, was looked down on. When she said, come tell a man, tell me to come see a man who told me about my life and has changed me, it changed her status in the community. Because if you read in that story, the people even say, when we first heard about this man, we believe what you said, talking to the woman. Suddenly they're listening to her. And they said, but now we believe him because we've heard him ourselves. There was a transfer. Anytime that people see Jesus, most time they see him in you and I before they receive him for themselves. But somewhere there's got to be a transfer. They've got to see him for themselves. And socially, he changed things. Now she's no longer the looked and scorned woman. Now she has been the person who's led to help lead that community to Jesus. And when we go and we help a community, a school, a church, when we go into that place, it helps them socially because now that mom is also cutting down her walking distance. And guess what she gets to do now? She gets to work. She gets to use her hands to make baskets i make ropes. Boy, I buy the ropes every time I can. They're strong ropes that we use to tie things down with our equipment. She can weed baskets. She can make ropes. She can do pottery. She can grow a small garden now, and she will use that to sell to make income for her family. I mean, you know, if your income goes up, your social life goes up. And so now her social life is better. Now that daughter, that teenage girl, now her life is social life is better because she's studying, she's remembering more, she's not too tired, and now her school level is going up. So physically, they've got clean water. Socially, now they can make a living to help their family because the husbands are gone to the city somewhere trying to find a job. She's responsible, that mom is. She's having to buy school fees. Her children, school is free in Kenya, but it ain't free. Tammy will say something about that in a little bit and so now socially that's being changed and then spiritually it started at a well but Jesus brought that whole city to the reality that he is the living water how many of you know good clean water is great a better social life is wonderful but if you ain't got Jesus you'll still die and go to hell what good is all the physical if you don't receive the spiritual? Yes, it takes the physical to get people's attention, but it's the spiritual is what we're all aiming for. Amen? You gather on Sunday mornings to worship and to praise God so you can go and tell people about the living Jesus. 
You'll serve dinners this evening to the homeless. Yes, you want to help them get a good meal. You want them to know they're loved by you. But essentially, you want them to know they're loved by Jesus. And that's where we are. That pastor, that church, that school will now open that well to the people and say, come on, come collect your water. And while the people are collecting water, guess what? Someone's there saying, as you collect the water, can I tell you about the provider? And guess what? They don't go, it's Michael and Tammy. Water for Nations. We, our plaque is not on any well. We don't leave our name there. You know, they can't even hardly say my last name, must last. Tell them who we are. We're McRee, McRoe, McRaw, McRees. I mean, we got all kind of names. And it's their accent and their understanding. And listen, y'all, I'm learning Southern Swahili. Y'all understand that part? I got the Southern draw. How about y'all? That means how y'all doing? <laughs> and our language sometimes gets to be a challenge. But love breaks every language barrier. And we love the people. And we love what we do. But when they go, they don't say Michael and Tammy, Water for Nations. They said, we pray Jesus is the answer. And this water you're getting today came through him. And they get to share the gospel with all the people who come to get the water. And that's what Jesus did essentially that day. And that's been our heart. That's been our passion. That's been our purpose. That's what God calls us into. It has its challenges. We have mechanical breakdowns. Sometimes we even almost have emotional breakdowns when things get stressful. But God is always there through every challenge, through everything that we do. God is always there. We have two IPHC projects that we're raising funds for right now. That's for the Maasai people. The Maasai people are the herders. They're the ones who move around the whole countryside, moving their goats and their cattle and their sheep from point to point for grass and for water. We have two IPHC churches. And if we can get a whale there, that whale will help those families stay together, meaning those men don't have to travel as long because there'll be clean, fresh water there. Each of those projects are $25,000 a piece. You say, why? Whoa, why so expensive? Because we go from six to 800 feet deep to find water through solid rock. And it takes us seven to 10 days for each project to do that. Then we put in what's called a solar pump. That means the sunlight is providing the power. All the sun has to do is come up in the east and go down in the west. As soon as it comes up, pump turns on, water flows for that 8 to 12 hours. And it goes into a tank and the people collect it from there. The solar systems there are expensive, but they are reliable and they're very good quality. And guess what? The less humans have to touch something, the longer life things have. Amen? I mean, if you notice, if you've got to put your hand on something a lot, it generally don't last long. And so this is the quality of it. So it's expensive, but it's doable. And every time someone supports the work and the ministry that we do, they help that mama carry that water a shorter distance. They help that little girl not have to spend so much time collecting water where she can study. It helps that pastor. It helps that church evangelize that community. We're in the process of uh, purchasing a support truck. It's a big 10-wheeler with a closed-in box because we have to carry, again, 800 feet or more of ro drilling rods, tools, supplies, 
currently we're having to rent this equipment to move it with us. And it costs $100 a day. And if we're there for seven to 10 days, you can figure what that expense is. When we get this support truck, it will help us move our tools, our supplies, as well as help people-to-people ministries. And in that country, we're very well connected with uh, Jamie and Jessica Dunning, who is over people-to-people. And right now, if we had that truck, we could help them carry 10 to 12 tons of supplies into the Tanner River Basin where there's a drought going on. And that will help them feed those people and minister the gospel to them as they hand out food. To try to rent a truck to carry that much food for 350 miles is over $1,000 per vehicle. And if when we get this machine, it will help us not only help Water for Nations carry supplies, but it will help people to people in feeding where the famine is and in those areas and reaching them for the gospel. The cost of this truck is $45,000. Listen, I was stressing a $200,000 machine. What's $45,000? That's what our drilling rig costs, $200,000. And God showed up. And we believe these projects are going to show up too. Amen? because that's just who God is. In just a moment, I'm gonna have Tammy, she's gonna come and share. And, uh, but I want to tell you about this project in Ruai. This is where Sister Yvonne, Pastor Yvonne and, and the team was there. Yeah, we got to drill this well. And as they were there, water was flowing one of our greatest production wells we have. It's doing 100 gallons plus a minute if it's needed. Uh, so most wells are only do about five to seven gallons a minute. But this one's doing great. Uh, we didn't get the pump in until after we came back to the States just due to the logistics of living in Kenya. And that's just a, another story within itself. But uh, once they got the pump in, I contacted the pastor. It's a lady pastor. Her name is Eunice. And I said, Pastor Eunice, I said, how are things going? She, she said, great. The well is working. People are coming from four and five kilometers away. That's about three and a half to four miles she said the people are coming. She said one man showed up from over five miles away, had his donkey. He can carry at least four to six uh, jerry cans, five-gallon cans on his, on his donkey to help serve the needs of the community. It helps him make a little extra money. I said, please be sure you're evangelizing the people. She said, oh, yes, we are, Brother McRae. She calls me Brother McRae, and she said, yes, we are. And she sent me a message the next day. She said, we, this is on a... Sunday on a Monday. She said, this past Saturday, we had uh, two ladies show up with their children needing water. She said, we offered them water and they collected. And she said, we asked them, did they attend church? And they said, no. And I'll tell you why in a moment. She said, well, can we offer you to come and visit us tomorrow, being the next day Sunday? And she said, and they said, sure, we would come after you have blessed us with the water. They came. And guess what? Both of those ladies give their hearts to Jesus on that Sunday morning. Amen. And that's what excites us. And here's the rest of the story. Those women are Muslims. And you've got to understand, to reach a Muslim for Jesus is a very challenging thing. But when you're offering the very source that keeps them alive physically, and now you've really told them about the source of their life spiritually, people are open to listen. And so now, that ministry, that church where Pastor Yvonne was a part of, it is changing, revolutionizing that whole community in that area. And we're praising God for that. I'm going to ask Tammy to come. She's going to share. Then I'm going to close out and then turn it back over. Thank you for having us this morning. And 
just listening, um, it excites me every time he shares because it is such a blessing and to be in Kenya. It is a God thing for sure. But I, I won't keep you long. I just wanted to tell you that we need your help. That's why we're here sharing this morning. Um, we survive off of monthly partnerships. People just like you that give five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a month, fifty, whatever God puts on your heart. And we're asking you this morning if you would just partner with us. And um, if you partner with us, you are helping that mother carry that water. You are helping um, those children there physically because if they don't have clean water many of them do not make it past five years old and that is the harsh truth but clean water can change that I also just want to invite you to visit me at our table we have some jewelry that was made by the women and we do this table just um, to help some of the women in Kenya uh, just for a donation uh, I have different prices on the thing that are on the table we like to have a little extra money that when you would not believe the times we're asked can you help our kids for school fees can you help us with food can you help us with different things um, because cost of living is so expensive and the average Kenyan only makes three dollars a day So just to have a little extra cash to give them that's what all the money uh, From the donations on the table. We have some t-shirts um, Some jewelry just visit us. I don't have very much left So I would like to leave here today with nothing um, this is our last uh, speaking engagement before we return to Kenya in um, January. So um, just thank you for listening this morning and um, just pray for us. Um, 2020, we already have how many projects? Five projects as soon as we get back. So that's $25,000 each. <laughs> But God is already providing, and we know many more, but to God, the cost is nothing. It's all about the souls and the people. So just pray for us that God would make a way, and pray for Mike and I, because we're going back um, as empty nesters this time. We've had children in our home for 20-something years, and we go back now, and I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but um, we have a lot of changes coming up. One more thing. Um, we love to have teams come. When we go to these drilling sites, we do sidewalk Sunday school. We do women's ministry. We do different ministry. And we have to have help because every day over 150 children usually show up. And uh, it's very hard just for me to entertain them or to spend those days. So we invite teams to come. We also, we're open to have interns come and live with us. If you feel God is calling you to missions and you're like, I really don't know where, but I know he's calling me to missions, you can come stay in our home. 
um, just follow us around and just see if this might be something that God has called you to do. We have a young lady that stayed with us for three months, and now God has called her full-time to Kenya. She's going to be flying back with us in January, and she ministers to the homeless children. Kenya has many homeless children. When she came those three months, we rescued nine children off the streets, and now they have a place, a home. So you can come be a part of that. So I just wanted to invite you. If you're a young person, an older person, and you would just like to do that, just talk to me about it after the service. Thank you. Amen. These cards are on our table, so you're welcome to come by and get it. You can carry it back, pray about it, fill it out right there, whatever you like to do. And we'll leave that up to you because one thing that we told, just again, those conversations with God, God, you called us into this. You'll be our provider, and he has been our provider every step of the way. And that's what excites us, that he's always been faithful. Part of these five projects that Tammy was speaking of are with other ministries, uh, we work with Designs for Hope. We work with Cindy's Hope, which is a children's ministry that God has connected us with. With any Christian organization that believes in Jesus, that loves Jesus, and wants to reach its community, that's who we connect with. So we drill projects for any ministry that we connect with and uh, make an agreement with. So these are projects with other ministries as well as our personal projects that we have going. And uh, I want to leave this last, last story with you. And I'm going to turn it back over to Miss Ann. The last well that we drilled is in a place called Kimosi. It's about five hours out of uh, Nairobi where we live. And uh, we had a team come in. Part of this team was from Pensacola, Florida, and another team from uh, Tammy's hometown, from her mother's church. And this team came in, and uh, we got the rig on site Truck's doing great, running good. One of the best times we've had with minimal breakdowns. And, and uh, we wanted to hit water before this team had to turn around and go back. And so we're trying to get to the prescribed depth at 250 meters, which is uh, a little over 700 feet deep. And uh, as we're drilling down, uh, we're not getting the water. Rig's running great. No water's coming out of the well. And we've been, this team has come in and they've ministered to the kids, fed them a meal, a good hot meal each day, done sidewalk Sunday school, playing games with them, uh, ministering to the women, all these things, a little Baptist church. The little building is about 20 feet wide and about 40 foot long, just wood and some tin together, maybe hold 60 or 80 people if it's packed out. And uh, we're trying to help this little pastor, Pastor Augustine, and we're getting down and we're getting deeper and we're not getting any water. And uh, we're going, okay. You gotta understand the human side of me kicks in when things are not happening. You know, I'm going, okay, I've got to do this. I start putting it on mic. Anybody ever try to take responsibility for what's God's? I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I try to take God's part. Where I'm getting stressed out. I'm in a tent, I stay in a, on site with my rig, I work with my men, I operate the rig, I operate the shovel, I operate everything that my men operate. We are a team, not individuals. So these men know that I do anything they'll do, so that's what helps us to work together. I have a crew of five Kenyan men, 
And we sleep in tents. We have a young man named Moses who cooks three hot meals. So if you want three good hot cook count meals and sleep in a tent, come over and see me. You'll have fun. I've counted more in the last five years than I have in the last 20. But we've got all this going on. It's getting close. Time's running out for the team, and we're about to hit target depth. Tammy calls one night. They return to a little bed and breakfast about 15 miles up the road, and we're settling into our tents. Tammy calls and says, we're coming back. The team wants to come do a Jericho march around the well. Bring the water. I said, it is raining. At that time, it was raining. Again, we're about three miles off the road, a little narrow pig trail of a road, muddy, slicky. They still want to come. I said, well, y'all come on. So about 30 minutes later, you can see the bus coming through the woods. The bush is slipping and sliding. They come sliding in. They get off. And I mean, five minutes before they get there, it stops raining. And they get off. It didn't matter to them whether it was raining or not. They were coming. They get off the bus. We go out to the rig. They do the Jericho Mark walk seven times around, declaring the glory of the Lord and water to come forth. And we've got this tall six-foot-three guy, young man who's a, who's a son of a pastor friend of ours who um, has been raised in church all of his life and, and uh, knows how to play the drums. At one time felt called to children's ministry. And about two years before this, he had told his mom and dad, I don't want anything else to do with God. I'm not coming to church. I'm not playing music. I'm not worshiping God. I'm done with God. I mean, you know God's got a way of getting your attention. And then somehow or another, we got him on this trip. And the seventh time around, he, he falls down at the foot of the well. And he dedicates his life to the Lord. And he spends the rest of his time running himself to death playing with them kids. We had to slow him down. And his life gets changed right there. And they do the prayer. And they head on back to the bed and breakfast. And we all go to bed. We drill down. We hit target depth, 250 meters. There's no water. We call a geologist. The geologist is the person who tells us where to drill on the property, approximately how deep we'll have to go. He said, go another 30 meters. You'll get it. We have to send a truck to Nairobi. We lose a day to get more drilling rods and materials. We drill 30 meters, still no water. I call him back. We have conversation. I've got what's called a water technician, a guy who does all this readings for me of materials and, and helps construct everything. And the geologist says, drill another 30 meters. You're sure to reach it, but don't go past the last 30 meters. Said, if you go past that, you're going to drill into the geothermal zone of that area, and the only thing you're going to have coming out of that well is steam and hot water. We're in a volcanic area. And so we say, okay, we send a truck, we come back, we drill, we hit the last 30 meters, and there's still no water. You're talking about disappointment. Disappointment is it's when you've got to look a little short Kenyan pastor in the eyes and tell him there is no water. And he looks you in the eyes and he goes, Michael, with that Kenyan accent, he said, let me tell you, God's in control. And he said, God will give me the words to speak to my community. Because how many of you know your pastor is not just your pastor? He's a community pastor. He influences people who will never darken this door because they know he's a pastor. And so is this little pastor. He said, God will give me the words, but somehow it will work out. And I said, Pastor Augustine, I believe it will. And so uh, 
we have to pack up all of our stuff, disappointment, frustration, all the words that you could use to express our emotions of leaving with no water in this 840-foot deep hole because we cannot drill deeper. I've drilled deeper in other places, deeper than what the geology report said, and we've always hit water, but we had to stop. And so we go home. And you're going, Jericho, March, praying, all these things. God, what are you doing? And the Saturday before we're leaving on Monday to come back to the States, this little pastor calls me. Hello, Michael. Hello, Pastor Augustine. Goes through the normal Kenyan greeting. We exchange greetings. He said, let me tell you something. Number one, greet all the wonderful people in America when you see them. Tell them thank you for their support and prayers. And he said, number two is, he said, you know your people came. You didn't get water. Your people came. Your women ministered to our women. Your team played with the children and told them how much Jesus loves them and how much Jesus cares about them. And he said, I just want you to know, our little church with only a few people now is full of people and running over. He said, we have more people than we have room to have contain them. He said, the people heard about Jesus. And they have decided that our church is where they all want to be. I'm going, wow. <laughs> wow. You see, we have our ABC. Get the well, touch the people, then Jesus. And Jesus said, look, I'm going to show you I'm first at everything. I'm Jesus now. I was Jesus then. And I'll be Jesus in the rest. You didn't need water for them to get me. You just needed to love them. And that's how he works. Our disappointment was no water. But what really happened is we helped that church reach that community. And guess what? When we get back home, that's one of our five projects. We're going back. We're drilling again. We're just going to move over to another location. May have to move two or 300 yards. But we're believing Jesus got it this time. Now Jesus and the water's coming next time. Amen? So we want you to be praying with us. We thank you for this day. We praise God. Please pray for us. Come by and see us at our table. And uh, thank you again, Pastor Steve and Yvonne, for allowing us to come. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.